game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna's hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> It does look like you got a little. No, nah, my my uh, camera's broke. Howdy ho, howdy hey, how the hell are you? Ho ho ho! Happy Hanukkah, Hanukkah's in full swing of things. Mm, holiday season upon us. We're marinated in it already. You can see J Lo's background. You can see my background. We got some holiday atmospheres in the house and speaking of holiday atmosphere we have our 12 days of bucksmiths giveaway and the full swing of things that we're going to get into here in a little bit we've had two nights of it so far tonight's night number three it's been a lot of fun a lot of compliments a lot of good stuff given away but without further ado tampa tones here alongside two of my brothers in arms mr acats mr jlo gentlemen how the hell are you Happy holidays. Hope everybody's having a great December this far and hope everybody's enjoying the two game win streak. Cats, how the hell are you doing? How are you feeling after two wins in a row now, brother? Much better than I did three weeks ago, man, I'll tell you. Yeah, you know, at one point in time in early in late November there, it seemed like we were heading in the wrong direction down and out, but here we are rebounding a little bit, bouncing back, and uh we'll see. Anytime you're playing meaningful football at this point in december not too much to complain about j-lo how you feeling brother are you like cats and i where you're a little relieved it's like hey it seemed like we might have been preparing for the draft right now but after the past couple of weeks and we all had faith this whole time we we're like hold on hold on not not draft talk just yet yeah no i'm with y'all relieved just glad that we're getting back on the winning page. Got a chance to go for three in a row, which we haven't done yet this year for the most part. Yeah, we haven't really done it yet this year for the most part is right because we were 2-0, and then we went to 2-1, and then we bumped to 3-1, and and then hit some tough sledding, some tough waters. But here we are now squaring our playoff chances, our playoff hopes, squaring the eye with Green Bay in the battle of the bays it's going to be an incredible one here in green bay just a little bit north of me three hours north or so but not looking too cold down in the frozen tundra of lambeau field either speaking of cold a little chilly out means the holidays are here it's been 12 days of bucksmiths night one of bucksmiths was monday we and that all these giveaways are open until december 22nd by the way a week from friday you ladies and gentlemen have 12 nights to join each and every giveaway. You could join one, you could join 12, you could join none, however many you want to join. But it's simple how to follow. Follow us on X at Bucketeers. And each and every night, 12 nights in a row, we started on Monday going through next Friday. We have giveaway after giveaway after giveaway. Monday, 
We gave away a couple of nice things. We gave away Jameis Winston autograph scoreboard replica. We gave away Mike Elstott ring of honor coins and a couple of bucks rookie cards, including Mike Evans and Trask. Last night, we gave away a Bucketeers mini helmet, an O2 Super Bowl season ticket holder mini book. We gave away a jumbo-sized Bucko the Bruce koozie, a foam finger sword, and tonight's giveaway, we're going to give away a flag and a couple of other things as well. So be on the lookout. 12 days of Bucksmith rules are very simple. All you got to do is repost a post. All you got to do is follow the co-host who you have to follow after reposting the post, and then follow us, obviously, at Bucketeers on X, and we still have Many more giveaways to go. And even if you haven't done either of the first two yet, you could join in now. You could enter all 12 throughout the holiday season. And fellas, oh wait, there's more like those info commercials. But wait, there's more. Oh wait, there's more. Our Hanukkah long sleeve shirts and our Christmas short sleeve shirts, Bucketeers podcast edition, are almost done being made as well. So we should have those shortly before Christmas kicks off. And those will be given away on our ex as well at Bucketeers. Jayla, what are your thoughts on the 12 days of Bucksmith so far? How do you feel about it? I think it's been a pretty good hit to this point. No, I couldn't agree more. You know, spreading Christmas cheer, Hanukkah, celebrating it with our fellow Bucks fans, especially our loyal ones that have been following us from the get-go. Thank you very much. And I think it's a very good thing, you know, to do. It gets us all in the Christmas spirit, I feel. Definitely couldn't agree more. Cats, thoughts so far? I think it's going pretty smooth. I know you were the center of attention for last night's giveaway. We got a lot of cool replies. A lot of people seemed happy. Yeah, I think you're doing a great job with it, um, you know, spreading um, cheer. And you can see how many enthusiastic fans we have out there, which is absolutely great to see. Yeah, I think Bucks fans deserve it this year more than ever because our Twitter fan base, it seems like, our fan base is a little bit broken. It seems like I get it, right? Higher draft pick. They want the coach gone. But, guys, the Bucks fans used to never act like this. I don't know if Twitter just wasn't a thing or we were more, um, you know, appropriated back in the day. But I never remember Bucks fans not only wanting a coach fired but to lose football games for a higher draft pick outside of maybe week 17 of the season that we did get Jameis first overall. But I'll tell you what, gentlemen. For those that don't want this team to make the playoffs, they had a bad week of football this past week. And I'll tell you why right now. Not only is the NFC South wide open for the Bucs after the Bucs kicked the Dirty Birds' ass, not kicked ass, but we won that game and ultimately had a great come-from-behind victory, but we had a lot of help. We had a lot of help, and that goes as follows. The 49ers did their job for us. They were supposed to beat Seattle. They certainly did beat Seattle, so that was incredible to see. The Vikings, they're QB-less. They may have beat the Raiders in an ugly 3 to nothing game to gain a game on a lot of individuals in the NFC, but we own the tiebreaker, and now they're quarterbackless, and we're just a game behind them in the wild card. Green Bay lost to the Giants on Monday night, and the Rams blew the lead against Baltimore. The only teams that won that hurt the Bucks are Minnesota, but they lost their quarterback. And the Saints, and all they beat was Carolina. So, guys, now we have two legit paths to the playoffs. We have the NFC South, and we have two wildcard openings. That seven wildcard opening is wide open with the Packers currently there at six and seven. And that six wildcard seat is currently wide open with the Vikings leading that way 
with seven wins. And oh, by the way, we've beaten those same Minnesota Vikings already. So we own the head to head. And then, oh, by the way, the NFC South, we're now in first place technically in terms of tiebreaker as it comes down to common opponents. And the Bucks win that. So, Cats, we'll start with you here. Two paths to the playoffs, NFC South and wild card. How realistic are the playoffs at this point for a Buccaneers team that's won two in a row? We still have a couple of tough matchup lefts, including Ing Lambeau Field, home against Jacksonville and the Saints. But we do end the year against the Panthers. Do you think the playoffs is going to happen this year, whether it's a wild card or the division? It's certainly very realistic. Um, you're right. These next three are tough, um, especially this this week uh, and the week after. But another thing to keep in mind is, other than a handful of games against the most elite opponents we've faced, the Bucks have been in every football game, if not at the half, but in the fourth quarter. So, and you've seen in the last two weeks, and we'll, you know, be honest, obviously Carolina is not a, is a very poor football team, and Atlanta is an average team. The Bucs were able to pull these games out. We've seen them lose those same games much of this season. Um, they should have pulled out the Houston game. They did, Baker did the same thing in that game and leading them to a late touchdown drive. Unfortunately, they weren't able to, the defense wasn't able to hold it, but this time they were. And I think that's a good sign moving forward that you're seeing a little more resiliency in this group and being able to come from behind late in games and close the game out. Yeah, and, it, you know, at first it kind of felt like that Houston game this Sunday, right? It was like, oh, boy, oh, geez, here we go again. Bucks have the lead late. Um, you know, they give it up late, and then Bucks regain the lead real late. And then you give the team the ball back with maybe a little bit too much time. And that almost happened, but the Falcons did fall five yards short. And I think that last defensive play was great. That guy really had no chance of getting in the end zone after he caught that ball. Half the Bucks defense swarmed him damn near. So good to see the Bucks close this one out. J-Lo, are you like Cats? Do you think the playoffs is within reach? Are you thinking this Bucks team makes the playoffs right now? Absolutely. Like I said, I mean – if you beat Green Bay this weekend, then we gain more advantage if you think about it. You know, here's the way I look at it. You beat Green Bay, that's a conference win. More more advantage against any other opponents. Then if you do lose to Jacksonville, God forbid, it wouldn't hurt as bad because then you still have the advantage over a team like Green Bay and Minnesota. So it could go either way. I mean, like I said, this team looks like they don't want to quit. It looks like they're really putting their efforts out. They look like they're fighting not only for themselves, but Todd Bowles, right? Like in that post-game speech Bowles gave, I know a lot of people, we can say what we want about Bowles, but these guys are still buying into him. Exactly. And I finally watched the athlete with Mike Evans interviewing with Brandon Marshall and all, a couple of weeks late on that. But even Mike Evans even said he loves Todd Bowles. That's his coach. So, you know, so to me, I feel like, you know, the team wants to come around and win. You know, there's just some mistakes that got to be fixed, and I think they still can. On the most part, you know, a win's a win. You take it. And like I said many times during many pods I've been on here, if you want your team to lose or you get mad when the team wins, then that's a loser mentality. I don't care how much you hate the coach. I don't care how much you don't like the players. They're the Bucks. They represent our team that you root for. And if you don't want to root for the guys that are on the team, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, 
at the end of the day, they're the Bucks. They've been my team, your team, Katz's team. I mean, I just don't want to disrespect some of these fans are putting out there. But at the same time, you know, that's their opinion. So it is what it is. I just can't believe we have that many fans with that mentality. It's like, I feel like I'm in the minority when I want to see my team in the playoffs. And damn it, I'll go on my pedestal again and say, you're just wrong if you want draft picks. You're just wrong if you don't want a playoff berth. We could, you guys are saying winning culture, winning mentality. We could have the playoffs a fourth straight year. That's winning. That's winning culture. I don't care how you get it done. I don't care if you're back into the playoffs, four straight playoff berths with at least two NFC championships and a Super Bowl ring to show for it is a winning culture. We're in the midst of a winning culture. Yeah, you could fine-tune something, sure. I don't think Todd Bowles' job is necessarily safe. And I think he should keep his job. I'll be clear about that. I think Bowles will should keep his job if he gets to the playoffs again. But for those that say, oh, I want the head coach gone, I want this team to miss the playoffs, there's no guarantee Todd Bowles is back even if we make the playoffs. And it might just take the retooling of a coach. Whatever the hell way it has to be, this team has developed a winning culture if we make the playoffs four straight years in a row with a lot of core pieces here like a Mike Evans, like a Chris Godwin. Even though he's hurt, he's coaching the guys up like Ryan Jensen, Antoine Winfield Jr., Joe Tryon-Shawanka, Vita Vea, William Golston. The list goes on and on of all these vets who have been here a while now. The culture is here to stay. Yeah, you might have to fine-tune some things. Yeah, you might have to tweak some things both coaching and personnel-wise, but I don't want to hear we got to build a winning culture because this could be our fourth straight year in the playoffs. You know who can't say the same? A lot of teams. A lot of teams cannot say that. These historic teams that are used to winning can't say that. The Cowboys have not made the playoffs for a potential four straight years. The high and mighty Lions suddenly, they haven't made it four straight years. So very few and far in between of teams that actually get there. Oh, Jacksonville, they haven't made it four straight years. Baltimore, the list could go on and on and on. And all these people say, oh, I want to develop winning culture. Winning cultures win. And we have a chance to win the NFC South and continue to develop that winning culture. And we could wash our hands of Bulls and Baker after the year. And okay, we could still continue the winning culture. It doesn't take 100% continuity of personnel and coaching staff to continue the winning culture. As Louis Mentavo and WQEE are tuned in live on Facebook, we appreciate that. But gentlemen, I, I think we got to win. And I think Sunday's game is huge for the chance at the playoffs. Battle of the Bays looming in the limb. Green Bay, Lambeau, December, cold. <coughs> How you feeling about Sunday, Jayla? We'll start with you. Oh, it's cold down here in Tampa. It's been cold here and there. Mother Nature's been, I mean, it's been good cold, actually, if you ask me. But, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see how this team plays in the cold. You know, and plus, it's never easy playing at Lambeau Field. But at the same time, you know, that's the, it's about the base. Going back in the day, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s, you know, about the base, what a lot of people like, and it'll be a fun matchup. 
Yeah, it will be a fun one. Cats, what say you on the Battle of the Bays teed up for this Sunday? Are you feeling confident in this one? I know the Bucks and Baker Mayfield have historically struggled in Lambeau Field in December. Do you think that changes this year? Do you think the Bucks can go in there and scrape up a victory against this team? I think they can. Um, I'm not ready to say necessarily that they will, but I believe they can. They were able to, now they'll need to, play, to be clear, they're going to need to play a lot better again to get a win in Green Bay than they uh, played against Atlanta. That That's for sure. Um, that isn't to say that they played poorly by any means. But the Packers are by are far from unbeatable. Um, we saw the Giants have success against them. Uh, they, to their credit, Green Bay has played good football over the last month and a half or so. But I thought I still believe that they're they're a beatable team. They're not an albatross, and I could certainly see the Bucks going in there and getting a victory. Sorry, I'm muted. I, I, I was del- enjoying my eggnog and didn't even realize I was muted, but this stuff's delicious. Overwise eggnog, fantastic. No wonder why I was muted. It's so thick and creamy and good. Mm, so good. But anyways, <laughs> Bucks football. Yeah, yeah, Bucks football. We are here for Bucks football. Um, it's going to be tough in Lambeau Sunday. I've been to Lambeau a plenty. Well, a plenty. I've been there a handful of times couple stadium tours. I've been there for a Bucks game in November. I was actually there this preseason. When it gets this cold and gets this chippy, ain't an easy place to play. However, this Packers team showed this past Monday, they hold plenty of flaws. They lost to a Giants team that's very, not only very beatable, not only vulnerable, that they're on their third quarterback this season. Daniel Jones got hurt, Tyrod got hurt, and now DeVito, although he's doing a pretty admirable job stepping in for uh, Danny Dimes and Tyrod Taylor. But I must say this, not only should the Packers have beat the Giants, but the Giants gave the Packers every opportunity to stay or win that game. Saquon fumbled late in the game. Uh, You know, the Giants just didn't make the key plays they had to make late in the game. Whatever the case might have been, the Giants gave the Packers every opportunity to win that one. And the Packers just didn't run with any of those opportunities or take advantage of any of those opportunities. So I will say this, this week will not only prove a lot for the Bucs, but it'll prove a lot for the Packers as well. For the Bucs, it'll prove, hey, do you want to win three in a row? And do you want to have a legit shot at the playoffs potentially? And maybe, just maybe, get into the dance and get lucky. Or for Green Bay, it'll say, hey, Are you guys going to bounce back? Are you going to put your foot down and say last week on the road against New York was a fluke? Or are you going to roll over for a second straight week against an opponent you should win because the Packers should beat the Bucs at home? But I think the Bucs pull it out. That's another story. It'll tell a lot about both of these Bay teams, and it'll be really interesting to see how that ultimately carves out. And speaking of carves out, Bucks late game defense was carved almost again this past week. Again, we collapsed at Houston. We almost lost this one to Atlanta. Pops from Twitter asked, do you think it's on bowls? Is it on the players? Or what is it on the late game defense and the troubles that they've had in two examples to this point? J-Lo, we'll start with you here. Late game struggles on defense. Do you blame the personnel for, you know, getting crossed upon? Do you blame Todd Bowles for not having the right? 
plays called or personnel out there potentially, or do you blame the players? Do you say, hey, maybe the players should get a little better? I mean, honestly, I got to say coaching. You know, even though Joe Tronsianka missed that clear sack he had, it was a great, you know, play for him to make the play and stop Desmond Ritter, missed it completely by blame the coaching. Like I said, when they were at the goal line early in the game, they only had nine players. Nine. How do you miss that? And the week before, we only had 10 against uh, Carolina on a touchdown. I mean, you got two co-defensive coordinators that are helping you supposedly put, you know, coaching the game. How the hell do you miss that? I don't get it. I mean, that's where it's a laughingstock. I can agree with the fans about bowls sometimes. I get it. That's something he should have corrected, especially this late in the season. But however, I mean, I mean, I, I try to defend bowls. You know what I mean? It's a hate-love relationship. I love him, then I hate him. You know, because he just makes these bonehead decisions. And it's like, Todd, how am I supposed to bat for you when you make these mistakes? Mm. I mean, I'm glad we got the win. Thankfully, thank God the Falcons did what the Falcons do. They give up the game. What we used to do back in the day. But at the end of the day, I think it's coaching. I feel like maybe they're not watching the tape. Maybe they're not. I mean, something's just not right in the personal department, which is why the Glazers might have to come to conclusion, no matter how the season ends, even if we make the playoffs or have a playoff home game, to me, honestly, the only way he keeps his job is if he wins a playoff game, whether he's at home or he's on the road. That's the only way I see it. Do I want him to fail? No, I want him to be successful. I wish bad on him. But when you make these mistakes, I mean, it's obvious that you're a little lost there, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. Cats, what say you on the late game defensive struggles? Does it bow down to Bowles or the personnel being out there or the players themselves? Hey, our buddy's here. Hi, guys. Happy holidays. How you doing, Bucks Nation? Hope you're doing great, buddy. Thanks for joining us again. And once again, you got some T-shirts, Hanukkah and Christmas coming your way once they do land. So be on the lookout for those. But Cats, what say you on the late game defensive struggles? Well, not to be a cop-out, but it's a combination of both. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, unfortunately, on the the drive in which Atlanta took the lead, they came up with a big play. Um, Basically, all you can do is you've got to give them credit on the the Drake London catch. That was a really nice catch by him. Um, You know, it looked like Winfield was going to pick it off. But yeah, the having at the same time though having nine guys on the field uh, after having only ten on the field last week that to me falls more on the on the coaching staff. Um, that's you know these are remedial things that shouldn't happen at the NFL level by any means, and it certainly shouldn't be happening in game number twelve and thirteen. So you know it seemed like. What ha- you know, also the deep the the offense didn't have a particularly good game until the fourth quarter, so there was a lot of three and outs. Um, the defense was on the field quite a bit as well. I don't think that helped, uh, but you know, again, when it comes to that type of error, mental errors, I do put that more on the coaching staff. Yeah, I agree. I do think it lines up with both as well, mainly the coaching staff, though. And you look at two weeks ago, Chuba Hubbard scores a touchdown. Ten guys are on the field, right? You say, okay, yeah, that shouldn't happen, not giving it excuses. But maybe we're so thin at linebacker. You know, injury just happened um, in our secondary then. Maybe you can make an excuse for it. 
but it should never happen again, right? Then this week, we somehow go backwards. We go from 10 guys on the field to nine guys on the field. And that lets up a touchdown. So to me, and you know they broke that down in film, two things are going on. A, there's too many cooks in the kitchen on the defensive side, potentially, where you got Bowles, Casey Rogers, and Larry Foote. Maybe make one damn man in charge of that. I don't know. Maybe one is. But at the end of the day, make it more clear who's in charge of that, right? Make it more obvious who's in charge of that because whoever the hell's in charge of it isn't doing a good job. They're just not. That That's not acceptable for one play in the duration of the football season, unless you're doing what the Redskins did about a decade back, honored Sean Taylor and had 10 guys out there to honor him. They got, they, they did that on purpose, right? That's the only way it's acceptable. What's not acceptable is doing it not one week in a row, but two weeks in a row and doing it worse in the second week. And Oh, you let up touchdowns on both of those plays. Hey, there might be other plays out there where it's happened too. And we might just not know about it because they haven't resulted in touchdowns. That could be a big case. And you know what the hell else is mind-blowing? These announcers aren't catching it either. You haven't heard about it from either of these broadcast teams. So I don't know if these offenses are fooling the defense and the broadcast teams with their looks and deception that's making it overblowing. Or I don't know if the Bucks coaching staff and personnel and the broadcast teams just don't do a good enough job of covering the game. But regardless, not only is the coaching staff missing it, the announcing teams are clearly missing it because they don't mention jack shit. And at the end of the day, the defense and players are just missing it because you know every damn play, whether it's special teams or defense, someone's job is supposed to be on the defense or special teams to say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And it seems cliche. It seems vanilla. And it seems like, oh, you know, it's one of those things where defenses probably figure, hey, I shouldn't have to count. Um, you know, all 11 guys should be here, give or take a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's embarrassing and it can't happen. As Olivia says, happy holidays, fellas. Happy holidays to you, Olive. Thanks for tuning in with us. But at the end of the day, that's unacceptable. It can't happen. Now, the only good coach in move, I've been hoping we don't put only eight out there this week, right? Yeah, that would be hilarious. Actually, it would be sad, but it would also be funny. It would be sad and funny. At the end of the day, the only good moves that came out of this that Todd Bowles did were not calling stupid touchdowns to try and get 11 guys on the field because if you watch those replays, it probably doesn't matter if we had 8, 9, 10, or 11 on the field. Those running backs were going to score regardless of the block schemes and the gaps they have. So, the only good thing of this is Bowles didn't waste timeouts because of it. But other than that, Bowles is at fault. Larry Foote's at fault. Casey Rogers is at fault. And whoever wears a green sticker on defense or a safety who's in charge of counting. And I know they're not at fault, but I will say this. I'm going to poke fun at the broadcast team as well because neither of them have caught on to this. And I know the question wasn't exactly about that. I know it was about the late game defense more so. But to me, that's not as concerning as not having the proper amount of guys on the field. I think the late game defense is going to be adjusted, and I think it kind of was 
um, adjusted a little bit because you could see a minor difference in the Houston game and the Atlanta game. I know Atlanta came close, but I think the Bucks defense was designed to keep Atlanta in bounds, make them use their timeouts, and keep that clock ticking. I think they did a good job of that. As you could see on that last Atlanta catch, he had absolutely no chance of getting in the end zone. So I think it's going to continue to improve and get better. Speaking of improve and get better, former Bucks head coach Greg Schiano continues to do so both financially and in the world of college football. As gentlemen, he's locked in. He got a contract extension today. He is now locked into Rutgers through 2030, I believe, and good for him. Shiano will earn $6.25 million in 2024. Good for Shiano. He's really done a good job at Rutgers. Real quick, Xbox coach Shiano locked in through 2030. Cats, what say you and Greg Shiano and kind of the job he's done at Rutgers having that program on the right foot? Yeah, he's always done a good job at, at Rutgers and as a college coach. You know, he turned him around way back when, um, you know, it's a fledgling pro- program. And now he's gone back there and had similar success. So, you know, congrats to him. I think he he's earned that uh, contract extension. Um, and, you know, he's in the right spot that he's always been comfortable in. So good for him, I say. I couldn't agree more. I think Greg's more than earned it there. And if you watch Rutgers back in the day, they weren't even in the Big Ten. They were in a non-power five when Greg Schiano was there before the Bucks hired him the first time. And they were competing pretty damn well. And Greg Schiano left Rutgers. That program was off to a couple-year okay start. They joined the Big Ten pretty much because of Greg Schiano. Then they fell off a little bit. Now that Schiano's back there, I mean, not that they win these games, but you see Rutgers competing with the best of the best. Um, and, and I'm proud of Coach Shee. Real quick, J-Lo, thoughts on Schiano getting an extension? Props. He's a college coach. He's a good motivator for young, you know, young you know, these youngsters coming in from high school, good for him. I agree with you. He's a college coach. As Eddie says, go Bucks and happy holidays. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Eddie. Go Bucks. Um, hope you're having a fantastic holiday season. Then he adds, never heard Todd Bowles that fired up in a while after the last game. I want to see that all the time, right? I mean, I know Bowles is stressed out. He's probably more relieved than most after last victory because let's be honest. Not only on the radio, but when you have articles being written up about why you should be fired, when you have radio talk show hosts calling for your head, when you have podcasts out there saying you should be let go, when you look on any social media saying you should be fired, it takes a toll on you. Uh, I don't want to care. Oh, he's making millions. He's a head coach. They're humans, too. They're humans, too. They have families, too. You think Todd Bowles likes hearing that he should be out of a job? Hell to the fucking no. You know what Todd Bowles has been hearing? Uh, this buck, I know they're facing Carolina and Atlanta, but Todd Bowles is going to make them lose these games somehow. So kudos to Coach Bowles for having that excitement, and I'm happy for him. He very much so should have that excitement, and he could continue to shut the haters up down the road. Um, as we already... We already talked about this, Joe. He said, I think the idea of playing in Green Bay is harder than playing the Packers team this Sunday. Um, yep, we literally talked about this about 10 minutes ago. We said the same thing. If Bucks don't turn it over in the cold, they should 1,000% win. Correct. And the games that Baker Mayfield has played in this season, when he's played turnover-free football, 
It's been generally good results and pretty good quarterback play out of Mayfield. What say you, Jayla? No, I agree. Baker missed some throws. I was pretty disappointed some of the throws he made in Atlanta. But when it when the game was on the line, he went in there and he took care of business. He got he got the final he got the final game winning drive to help us in the chance to win the football game. Overall, I mean, I've been very impressed with Baker. He's got that dog, and he wants to win, and he wants to fight with his brothers. You know, you got to like that. And, yeah, you see the Bucks buying into him, the social medias, um, you know, making him and Mike Evans, you know, that famous Step Brothers movie portrait with Will Ferrell and his buddy. Um, and they're making Baker and uh, Mike Evans memes out of that as well. Cats, I'm going to slice it to you like this. Um, you know, turnover-free football, obviously important here in Green Bay, as Eddie was talking about. And uh, Baker's been doing a good job in that in these Bucks wins of playing turnover-free football. So, uh, you know, Eddie says, why do people talk down on Baker more often than not? I feel like because the nuances of the game show you the film and they show you that Baker struggles with the deep ball, right? He, he doesn't really get Godwin or Evans involved too much early. Yeah, Baker's numbers are nice, and he gives you everything he can. And I do love the guy off the field, but at the end of the day, it's the little things that he just doesn't do well enough that makes average quarterbacks good quarterbacks or good quarterbacks great quarterbacks. And I love Baker. I love the man he is. He's a great guy, and I wouldn't mind if he's here again next year. But if he wants to start for this team, I need to see um, improvements down the final stretch. And those improvements go as followed. Hit your deep balls. You got to hit your deep balls. You have barely hit any this year, Bake. You got to hit those. Improvement number two, get Godwin and Evans and K-Dot, and those are your big three receiving-wise, in the game plan more through the first three quarters of the game. I'm tired of waiting until quarter number four or third downs for Godwin, and I'm tired of waiting until quarter number four for K-Dot and Mike Evans is the exception where once in a while he's used early, but even him, he is being lacked on early. And the other thing with Baker is not the fault to his own, but he's short. He gets a lot of balls batted at the line, and that causes for a lot more incompletions and or potentials for interceptions as well. And yeah, other than that, he is having the best year out of any NFC South quarterback. And he's having a fantastic season for only making $4 million. And Todd Bowles has to get a lot of credit for that signing, right? Todd Bowles is the one who wanted Baker Mayfield. He got Baker in here, and he was really cheap for $4 million. So kudos to Bowles for bringing in a quarterback who's not named Derek Carr and overpaid. We're only paying Baker Mayfield $4 million a season to go out there and compete for a playoff spot and play pretty damn good football. Not great football, not really good football, but pretty average to pretty good football. And it showed based on not only his numbers, but us being in playoff contention this late in the year, Cats, what say you? Yeah, well, the key here is overall, especially in this prior game, his numbers don't wow you. But when the game was on the line, uh, the throws that he wasn't hitting earlier in the game, he was able to make the plays. And you got to hand it to him for that. It's not the first time this season he's done that. Like I mentioned, the previous time he did that. Uh, the team, unfortunately, was not able to hold on for the victory. But credit to him. I think he could use some work in terms of his pocket presence. Sometimes it seems like he feels a pass rush that isn't there. 
or when the pass rush is there, he doesn't recognize it quick enough and will take a sack, an unnecessary sack sometimes. So that's something he needs to work on. It's easy for me to say, harder to do, because not everybody's Tom Brady who just always seemed to know where the pass rushers were and always seemed to know when to get rid of the football. But um, yeah, I mean, his pocket presence certainly could use some work, but overall, you know, I, I love the way, you know, the way he works and he's definitely a great guy off the field and is, he is loved by his teammates. There's no doubt about that. He's a very good teammate and a good leader. Yeah. And as he asked another question, um, would Baker do another one year deal? I think no, I think no. So would the middle group be two years no, I, I think Baker would do another one-year deal because, again, when your other NFL teams out there and you're looking at the gameplay this year, you realize that he's probably a quarterback that's not going to put you over the top, right? I mean, you could see that from the film. If you're, And you could go through the quarterback te- needy team. Steelers, is he much better than what they got right now? Probably not. Um, you know, the other QB needy teams out there, the Raiders, you know, it, it, it's better QB play, but it's not a lot better of QB play. So I think he's going to realize, like Jameis did with New Orleans after that really good year, or at least pretty damn good year he had, right? You've seen him go back to the Saints for a one-year up to $8 million incentives type deal. I can almost see a similar thing playing out with Baker and the Bucks when the Bucks and Baker both real hey, the Bucks probably want to look to upgrade too, but they're going to draft a young quarterback and they're probably going to realize they can't really upgrade too much outside of Baker and Baker's going to probably look to upgrade as well, but he's going to realize he can't upgrade too much outside of Tampa Bay, not only in terms of money and dollars, but in terms of his weapons, right? I mean, where else are you going to get Mike Evans potentially? I mean, I'm 99% sure he'll be back, but where else are you going to get Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, and Rashad White built into your offense. So I think both Baker and the Bucks could move on and do better. Both of them certainly can. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like dating a nice lady. It, sure. Could you improve? Probably. Could you do a lot worse? Probably. So why not settle sometimes? And I think Baker and the Bucks both might be settling. Um, you know. I, I'll just say that as Pop says, Baker, 3,020 touchdowns, eight interceptions, he can scramble. And yeah, that's something we've talked about from the beginning. Baker's scrambling ability, his, abil- his ability to move in and out of the pocket is incredible. But let's not lie to ourselves either. This Bucks team gave Baker Mayfield a hell of a lot better offensive line this season than we gave Tom Brady last year. Let, let's be perfectly clear there. That's a big difference here, right? I mean, yeah, Baker's playing good, but I'm not going to say he's playing anywhere near Brady played when Brady had Donovan Smith as his left tackle and Robert Hainsey thrown into the fire. And he had a revolving door at left guard last year. And he had a very bad Luke Godecki, um, rookie season Luke Godecki out there, right? You look at the O-line this year, it's a little different. Instead of your blindside being protected by Mr. Holds a lot, Donovan Smith, Baker's blind side is now protected by Tristan Wurst, one of the best tackles in the game, especially when healthy. You can't overlook the importance of that. And then at left guard, we have our Super Bowl left guard back who was out for the year last season. Remember Aaron Stinney? He got hurt last year. He wasn't an option. Now Big Stinney's back, and he's been playing some really, really good football 
and it's looked really nice. And oh, by the way, Hainsey, he was unexperienced last year. He was Brady's center and barely knew how to play in the flow of things. Now he has another year under his belt. Cody Mock, second-round pick. We didn't give um, Brady a second-round right guard last year. I know Godecki was right around there, but we've seen how that panned out. And then Godecki's a lot better in his natural position at right tackle. So I agree. Baker's numbers are better, and the mobility in the pocket is fresh, and he's probably played a little better. But at the end of the day, I would sure damn hope he plays better than Brady because if you look at last year's O-line compared to this year's O-line, night and day difference as Giovanni joins us. Happy holidays, crew. And Eddie says, thanks all. Have a great holiday, J-Lo and A-Cats. Hell froze over here in Chicago, if you get what I mean. Quick on that, J-Lo, CM Punk reference. Any thoughts there? Seems like he's, he seems like he's in his happy place now where he belongs. At the end of the day, he looks happy. He's interacting with fans, interacting with other WWE superstars. And if it keeps up, you say he's healthy, then clearly we knew who was really having the bad time in his AEW. But we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, CM Punk looks happy, and I'm glad he's back. And WWE, he should make it really interesting, especially the Rumble coming up in St. Pete. You know, that, that, that'd that be really fun to watch if that happens. And we know one thing with CM Punk. He's a cancer. He is a cancer. And we'll see if um he'll, he'll continue to be a cancer. We'll see if he changes. But... Let's not get fooled by, you know, a couple weeks of CM Punk, right? He, he was off to a great start with the WWE back in the day. Look at how that ended. He damn near went fisticuffs with Vince McMahon. And then he started off great with AEW, and he damn near went fisticuffs with Tony Khan. So it was great. I love CM Punk, a Chicago guy, and as great as he's been to the world of wrestling, I'm not ready to say he's a change man just yet. I'm not ready to say that. You know he's the happiest of guys just yet, but well, so well, so far if he stays healthy, and then we'll see how his attitude is. I know he got he got hurt a little bit in AEW, if I'm not mistaken. He got hurt for a little while, so it all. I mean, I don't know how that ends as far as that goes, but I feel if he stays healthy, and now that Triple H is running the show instead of Vince McMahon, as far as you know the creativity, I think we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see, and we could save wrestling talk for a decent time you know but um at the end of the day that's another thing i think a lot of people overblow the triple h mcmahon thing but we could have a whole talk on that but i I do agree with you i mean definitely in better spirits right definitely looks like he's a happier guy but will it hold up will it hold up and we'll see if it holds true i mean it should i don't see why it wouldn't you know he is back in the big boy industry and you know, he has fans out the butt. He has fans crawling out of his ass right now. So I don't get how he could turn sour at this given time, J-Lo. I think that's a good point. No, I agree. But anyway, I mean, like I said, you know, it, it all depends, you know, how bad he really wants it. If he really wants it, he'll do right by WWE and try to get along with everybody. We'll see what happens. And that's all I can really say about that. Maybe we'll have a, um, you know, fun little wrestling uh, segment for the holidays coming up because we do have a fun little triple threat question right here for the holidays before we give our final word and bounce out of here on the Bucketeers. As remember, it is our 12 days of Bucksmith. We're giving away 12 days straight of giveaways starting this past Monday all the way through next Friday. So far, we've given away things like a 
Mike Elstott Ring of Honor coin, a Jameis Winston autograph replica Raymond James scoreboard, a Bucketeers mini helmet, so much other great stuff as well. So pay on, pay attention and be on the lookout for that tonight. Once again, JLo's a feature. We're going to be giving away a flag and some other goodies as well. But speaking of wrestling, triple threat match holiday season real quick before we give our final words here. JLo, who do you got in this one? Triple threat match between eggnog, hot chocolate, or hot tea. If it's a chilly day in Tampa and there's a triple threat on the table between eggnog, hot chocolate, and hot tea, who are you going with to get into the holiday spirit? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I got to go with the hot chocolate, man. I always, I've always been a hot chocolate guy when I was a kid, so that's probably my go-to. Man, I, I love hot chocolate, too. I mean, I don't drink it all the time anymore, but when I do drink it now, it's like heavenly goodness in a cup. The chocolate on your lips is just, like, fucking fantastic. With a splash of Bailey's. Yeah, a little Bailey's, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of the Irish cream down there. That's for damn sure. Or um, horchata, right? A little bit of that shit as well. So, mm-hmm. Cats, triple threat match for you between these three winter beverages eggnog hot chocolate or hot tea what are you leaning with hot, in that one hot chocolate 100 percent. not even not even close <laughs> you're a hot chocolate guy I, I think i'd go with hot chocolate as well i think um i'm between that and eggnog but eggnog you can only have so much of right and then it's kind of like uh either you get a stomach ache or it's just so thick hot chocolate it's like Next class, please. I got to be cut off of that. It's like beer. All right, cut me off. I've had like five cups of hot chocolate by now. But, uh, yeah, you know, every episode from now through the new year, we're going to just have fun holiday questions and pokes here and there and there. So next one, I'll make a wrestling holiday question so we could get some wrestling talking as well on Saturday's show. We're going to get a wrestling holiday question in so be on the lookout for that as we're going to get to our final words here on the Bucketeers. You guys are listening or watching the Bucketeers. We're live on Bucks Life LLC Facebook. We're live on Tones Facebook and we're live on Bucketeers podcast YouTube page. And you can catch the instant replay on Apple, Spotify, Google Play and so much more. And you can keep up with us on Instagram at Bucketeers pod, B-U-C-C-A-T-E-E-R-S-P-O-D or on X at Bucketeers, B-U-C-C-A-T-E-E-R-S. J-Lo, brother, thanks for joining. Say hi to the little ones for me. I've seen we had a guest appearance for a little bit. And I yeah. uh, ho- hope your night goes well, brother. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Like I said, um, like I said, we got a bunch of giveaways going on, folks. You know, just follow everybody, follow the rules to the, to the giveaways, and – Want something nice. Love your background too, brother. It's great. Gets you in the Christmas spirit. You know, it's fun, man. It's awesome. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Cats, final word. Any uh, last thoughts on the pod, the giveaways, anything we talked about in general, or just anything we might have not talked about either? Yeah, well, I want to thank everyone for their support of the podcast. Um, encourage you all to keep supporting, keep liking, retweeting, subscribing, so you have a chance to win some great prizes. Um, you know, they not only can be good gifts for yourselves, but for loved ones as well. So, um, but again, we I can't say enough and appreciate about them. How appreciative appreciative I am of the support, and this is our way of saying thank you uh, to all of you supporters out there. 
Exactly what Kat said. Ditto there. This is our way of being appreciative and supportive as David Ferrara is joining us on Facebook better late than never. I see Stunna popped in for a brief second here. Stunna, we're doing our final words and log off. I'll get two of your opinions here. Hey, give us your thoughts on the giveaways. I know you, you're the man behind a lot of that stuff, so thank you. Awesome, great stuff there. What do you think of the 12 days of Bucksmith? And B, uh, give us your final thoughts, last words on the Battle of the Bay, if you have any, or on the Bucks two-game win streak, whatever you're feeling. Big guy, the floor is yours. Yeah, man, Green Bay is, is, is a heated and hated rivalry. Real Bucks fans know. Um, I remember I got um, the satellite one year. I finally got a direct TV so I could see the Bucks, And we played Green Bay week one, and that's when um, Keith Jackson went to the Green Bay and Brett Favre tore us up, man. And it's just it's just always been a lot of hated stuff with them and, and their fan base. I love that we're giving out stuff for Christmas. We love our fans and we love our supporters. So it, uh, it only makes sense that we would go all out and give them some memorabilia they could enjoy. And, uh, you know, we share our Bucks fandom with our fan base because at the end of the day, without Bucks Nation, you know, we're just a bunch of individuals. So I, I really want to beat Green Bay. I really don't like Green Bay. I really love to smack them around. But, uh, you know, we got to play a little better. But, uh, you know, anything's possible. And if we start getting our guys healthy, then maybe we can make a run. Yeah, we could clean up crisp out and cramp down a little bit, and we could have a three-game win streak and so much more. Once again, we'll be back here Saturday in the AM. We'll we'll tweet an official time or X an official time when that'll be, but we will be back Saturday morning. And then Sunday morning, we'll have our breakfast with the Bucketeers pod as well as we have a fifth guest joining us now, waving to the audience. So, that's incredible stuff there. Our youngest co-host is hopping in and giving her goodbyes as well. Fellas, ladies, I should say as well now, any last words for the uh, pod and the beautiful people of the Bucketeers? Anyone going once? Oh, <laughs> yes. Sorry, sorry about, say hello, Gracie. Say go Bucks. Say go Bucks. Say go Bucks. Go Bucks. Hey, I heard it close enough. Close enough. Gracie, Gracie murmured it close enough. Say bye-bye. Say, say see you later. See you, J-Lo. See you, Gracie. Thanks for joining. Stunna Cats, any last little words here? Thanks again, everyone, for their support, and go Bucks. Stunna? Have yourself a very Merry Christmas. Fire the cannons and eat some cheese. <laughs> Green Bay sucks. We hate them with a passion. Pete them, please. Here we go. Go, Bucks. Fire the cannons. We're in our winning days going into Green Bay this year. And we're going to smack them around. <laughs> like the little bitches that they are. Sorry, Grayson. <laughs> Little did you guys know, and ladies, we're also uh, Christmas carolers and holiday singers and holiday spirit bringers, not just podcast hosts. So, Stunna, that was beautiful. J-Lo, that was beautiful. Tis the season. Tis the season. I'm dreaming of a white Sunday. 
so that I could show some spirit and whoop up on the Packers. Let's do it. Let's have a heat of cheese after Sunday. Like my shirt says, let's get baked. Let's bake some cheese, man, go with Bucks. the little gingerbread. Go Bucks. Let's go. Love the J-Lo clan that we always get. On behalf of the J-Lo family, it's incredible. On behalf of Stunna, on behalf of Cats and the three gentlemen who couldn't be in the house tonight, uh, Benny and the other two, um, Bucko and... Uh, Drawing a damn blank here. Oh no, there's four of us. Stunna came in at the last minute. I'm going crazy. You now. thinking of Mo or you thinking of uh, Killa? I, I was thinking of Benny, Killa, and then um, you know Bucko, and then Mo as well. You know, shout out to Mo. So, thanks everybody. It's been beautiful. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun on this one, and um, it's always a great time here on the Bucketeers. But other than that. We'll see you guys Saturday, bright and early. 3-2-1, touchdown Tampa Bay. Rashad White up the middle. He's having an incredible season. Bucks win. Bucks win. Bucks beat the Packers. Rashad does a Lambo leap. My goodness. Fire the damn cannons. Go Bucks. See you guys Saturday. How many, how many thousand yard rushers have we had at Buccaneer history? Five. Some like that. It ain't it ain't a whole lot. So if Broussard can break that mark, then he's had a hell heck of a season and he's had a historic season as far as Buccaneer fandom is concerned. I couldn't agree more, brother. I know we've had Wilder, I know Caddy, I know Doug Martin, they were all a thousand yards, and I wanna say Thomas you know, Jones. And um what about, what about the Blunt? What about the did Elstock get there once or no? No, Le not a, he might have had a thousand combined receiving and rushing. But uh, Thomas Jones had a thousand yard season. Caddy, uh, Warwick Dunn, um, uh, Doug Wilder might have had one in the eighties. Doug Martin, Wilder Eric Red. had one. Didn't Eric Red have one? Yeah, I, right, I Eric, Eric Red, Red had, he one. had one. So yeah, we probably had about eight or nine in in players, not counting actual seasons, but. We, we've had a little more than I thought, but yeah, if Rashad White could get there, that'd be incredible as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see how that shakes out. And he's been one of the hottest running backs, if not the hottest running back in the world of football the past couple of weeks. So he's been a treat to watch. He's been a lot of fun to watch as well, fellas. It's been awesome, guys. I'm uh, glad to talk to you guys weekly or a couple times a week and, uh, can't wait to do it again Saturday, gentlemen. Yep, Elstop finished just short. He had 949 rushing yards and 99. So, he was just short. But, gentlemen, happy Wednesday. Enjoy the holiday night and uh, go drink some hot chocolate and watch some movies. And, uh, you know, I watched Christmas with the Cranks yesterday. That, that brought back good memories. That's a good one. But enjoy the holiday films, the festivities, and all that stuff, gentlemen. Dashing through the snow in Green Bay. See you later, Jen. Sure. I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bucks fans were there, too. But, uh, 
fuck. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Ed Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Gonna put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like you got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs> 